Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Superlight Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Six Cents Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas, with my co-host, Jonathan. And uh, before we get into Sixers stuff, we're going to, of course, cover the NBA in-season tournament. Even though the Sixers are not in it, does not mean that we shouldn't ignore it. Right, Jonathan? Yeah. I mean, it's exciting, man. It, I, it is. Crazy. I, it looked like a playoff environment. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't any, like, quote-unquote blowouts. And it's definitely competitive the whole time. So I think there was a blow. I think there was a blowout. Okay, we'll get to it. Maybe one, but you know, not not terribly bad. Anyway, it wasn't like a terrible blowout. That being said, let's talk about it. Let's talk about first the Suns versus the Lakers. That game was last night. That was a controversial ending there. The Lakers was. won, but they yeah. I, did you not watch the game? No, I watched it. It absolutely was. Oh yes, yeah, absolutely. So the Lakers uh, won the game, but they were awarded a timeout that they probably shouldn't have gotten. Right, Jonathan? Yeah, that's the kind of call that you're like, mm, LeBron James gets that call. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, was, yeah I mean, uh, he's an all-time great. He's going to get the call. Um, still the not fair to the Suns. Just to ex- yeah, but just it to explain it. it I don't think they still have, the Suns still had a chance to tie the game. Let's be clear. No, they, they did. But for those people who didn't see it, the ball was on the other side of the court. Uh, it looked like the Lakers player lost possession and LeBron's trying to call timeout to the official on the other side of the court. He got it. Suns didn't seem too happy. But yeah, you know what I will say about this game? Kevin Durant, even in, in his post game, was like, we had 22 turnovers. Like, I don't really want to talk about them getting a timeout. And that's, well, you know, I, I like that he took accountability. Yeah, I'll say this. The Suns have bigger issues than that. I, their defense, yeah. especially their interior defense. You, you you know we talked about Yusuf Nurkic. He's he's a he's a good he's a okay interior defender. He, he's a big strong body that should be able to get you rebounds. But they don't have anybody else that can help him on the boards. They got uh, you know destroyed on the offensive glass. That 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 being said, the the Suns have bigger issues. They they're still missing Bradley Beal. Uh, so we we just got to figure that out. And also interesting fact that I saw. 
The next in-season tournament game that they're hosting is going to be at home. The Lakers, the league is requiring the Lakers to not wear those black jerseys, but to wear their gold ones. Because uh, uh, that's they, fine. That's fine. Well, it's just a visually jarring, apparently. So that being said, the next one is the Kings and the Pelicans. And uh, I'll be honest, I thought the Kings were going to have that one, Jonathan. I really did. So did uh, I. Early on, that looked to be the case. But Pelicans, they have a lot of good players, and they 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 showed up. And when they're healthy, they're a really, really deep team. And they have three guys that could be, get 30 on any given night and a lot of guys that can get you 20 on any given night. So, you know. They're going to be hard to beat. Uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup between Pelicans and Lakers. Who do you have coming out of that matchup based off of what you've seen so far? All right. Well, I'm just going to even preview all the way through. I think the Lakers win this and like the whole thing. So you think that you don't think the Pelicans can stop them? No. Wouldn't this just be like the perfect like this is like something that LeBron's going to like hang his hat on and be like, oh, I never got that fifth championship. But, you know, I, was, I won the inaugural cup like he said something. After the game, he said something ridiculous. I wish I had the exact quote, but like something along the lines of the alpha males are showing out in this tournament or something. Oh, that's, like, that's kind of toxic. <laughs> it's like he wants this so bad just so he can say, hey, I won the inaugural uh, NBA Cup. Like, I think the Lakers are definitely winning this whole thing. Well, so, well, uh, well, let me just say this. I think the Pelicans have more overall talent on their roster, but – LeBron James could definitely win himself, will him hit that team two more wins. Yeah, I mean, did you see his stat line last night? Like, oh, no, no. He had had 31, 11, 8. Like, he can can still, let's be clear, LeBron can still pick it up in the playoffs. But I'm wondering what this is going to look like, him putting all this effort into the in-season tournament, what he's going to look like in March and April. That's all right. It's just a couple games. Yeah, 31 points, 8 rebounds, 11 assists, 5 steals. Like, he is playing. He was the only starter that was a positive, a plus. Like, he's going all out. So, I think they're going to win. But in terms of the Pelicans-Kings, I'm with you, man. I thought the Kings going in were going to win this. The Pelicans, though, this was CJ's third game back from his uh, punctured long, I think it was. Yeah. He looked good. Like, him and – like, Zion didn't play great last night. CJ and um, CJ and Brandon Ingram looked good. And, yeah, the Pelicans can hit you so many different ways. I think that – That's why I, just kinda... I wouldn't be surprised if the Pelicans beat the Lakers. It, that's going to be probably, honestly, of the remaining matchups, that's the most interesting one to me. Yeah, I mean, but – and that's how you look back and you think, like, this Pelicans team last year, they were rolling early on. They were the one seed when all three of them were on and – and that's kind of just they have that talent if they if they can put it together. So we'll see. I, I think that'll we'll be a really good game. Now, now you you we there was one blowout, but it you know there were there have been worse blowouts in the NBA. The New York Knicks, known for their you know stifling defense, could not stop the Milwaukee Bucks' offense. They they uh, lost by twenty four points in this one, one forty six to one twenty two. Look, this is what the Bucks were hoping for when they got Dame and Giannis together. That this is what they need. This is what the Bucks need. They they elite three point shooting, just overall dominance. Nobody can stop them because like the Knicks are one of the uh, at least a top ten, arguably a top five defense in the NBA. I don't have the stats in front of me, but just eyeball test alone. No, no, Lucas. This was going to be my um one of my choice topics in the around the NBA. The Knicks let up the fewest points in the entire NBA. It was 105 going into that game. They were ahead of every other team with, like, allowing the fewest points. And that doesn't really surprise you when you think about Tom Thibodeau. But, like, 
in this day's NBA, like you're seeing the Pacers put up like 140. You're seeing teams put up 120, 130 every night. The Knicks are averaging only allowing 105. I was shocked. I was shocked at this game. Yeah, for sure. So it was it was shocking. It just shows you how dominant the Bucks can be when they're clicking on all four cylinders. That's exactly. Yep. Yeah. So we'll, we'll I mean, yeah, look, the Bucks they're going to this this Eastern this uh the Eastern Conference bracket. This is going to this is a good this feels like an NBA playoff situation, right? It feels like that. High power awesome. high power offenses because the Pacers won their game against the Celtics. Celtics didn't have Porzingis. That that clearly hurt them. But Tyrese Halliburton, man, I I said Tyre, uh, Tyrese Maxey was the best point guard in the East in the in the Eastern Conference. I was wrong, and that's no that's no disrespect to Tyrese, but Ty uh, Maxey, but Tyrese Halliburton, you know what they're calling him now? What? Him a burden. Him a burden. It that works. Doesn't really roll off the t- it doesn't roll off the tongue like I think it should. Maybe I'm saying it wrong, but like, look, he he could if he keeps this up. And I thought he was the third best player in that draft. Me and Chris both did. We were surprised he dropped to, to what was it, twelfth. But he could end up going down as one of the great point guards in NBA history because here here's why: basketball IQ is high. The shot is non-conventional, but it's smooth. It works. Works. And the like I said, the IQ is high in his games, not reliant on his athleticism. That means he can be good for a longer period of time. Because even if that shot goes wonky, that playmaking is still going to be there. And he should yeah. still be able to defend. Man, imagine if we could have gotten him for Ben Simmons. Oh I my think God. I don't believe that was a thing. That was a thing. I will argue until the day I die. It was a thing, Jonathan. It was not a thing. It was a thing. Anyway. If it was a thing, Daryl Morey would have done it. But about that game, yeah, Halbert, I couldn't believe that was his first triple-double. That was probably what shocked me the most, that he hadn't had one before. But, yeah, dude, that's that was the environment. Like, all four of these games were good, but the Pacers-Celtics, like, that place was shaking. And like When the Pacers are good, Indiana basketball is – some of the best in the NBA when it comes to the fans. Yeah, and honestly, that's why I got them coming out of the East. I think they beat the Bucs. Right now, they're four-and-a-half-point underdogs. But, man, I, and they're not going to be at home, and, and that's what I was saying. Like, the home court was huge for them. That place was going crazy. But mm-hmm. I still think they pulled out in Milwaukee. Who do you have winning that? It's a toss-up, man. Uh, I guess neither – I mean, it doesn't look like neither team is really good defensively. Is can Halliburton elevate that offense enough, or is the domination of Damon uh, Giannis too much? I'm, I'm, you know what? I, I will not make a prediction there because I honestly do not know. But I feel better about making prediction about the Pelicans Lakers, and I feel a little bit better about the Pelicans if I'm being honest. All right. That being said, we got to get into Sixers basketball. Of course, there's only been one game played for the Sixers since our last podcast on Sunday. Sixers, we we are recording after this game, Wednesday night. Sixers beat the Wizards. It was a lot closer than I would have liked. No, it was way too close. Yeah, Sixers won 131 to 126. And I believe the the Wizards were missing a player or two. They, They had some injury problems. Yet, we could not hold it down. And that, the that Wizards, was... 
Yeah, the Wizards are one of the worst teams in the NBA. Probably the third worst team in the NBA. So 131 to 126 is I, embarrassing. I, I think they're the worst, but okay. we can. Agree no, they're this. not. They they cannot be the worst right now because the Pistons are on an 18-game oh, losing you're streak. Right, you're right. Pistons are the worst, but they're the second worst because I don't think they're worse. Than the Spurs are on a 14-game losing streak. I don't know, man. We'll see. They're they're all <laughs> either way. Nice. We lost one thirty one to one twenty six. I know we're gonna jump in and talk about some good things, but the thing I would say before we get into it, Kelly Oubre, not on the injury report, first game back. So that was exciting news. Uh, what are your thoughts overall on this game? What was the good for you? The good, obviously, Joel Embiid had a fifty wing piece dinner tonight. Fifty. Fifty. Twelve. And seven. He did have six turnovers, not great, but 50, 12, and seven. 50 point double double with almost a triple double there. Pretty efficient scoring. He only took 13 three throw attempts, made 11 of them, won 19 of 28. That is uber efficient. Uber efficient. The team as a whole was not, but we'll talk about that later. But Joel Embiid, especially from the three-point line, but Joel Embiid, he was uber efficient, and it was fantastic. That yeah, being, no, yeah, that's the good. I mean, I was gonna say, like, I'm gonna try and like find something else for you. But I mean, like, there, there, is, there are two other things, but yeah. No, I mean that's the good. Yeah, Melton played, put up 19. That's strong for yeah. him on the Maxie offensive end. had an average game, 26 and 26, seven. seven assists, good for him. So. I think that all Ubre in all, like, you got, yeah, all in all, Embiid is the good, and he's going to be our player of the game. Obviously, a 50-point, 12-rebound, and, and it's still, I think it's crazy that it should need to be continued to be reiterated that he had seven assists. Seven assists may be the most impressive thing. If you were coming into the season, you could say, yeah, he'll get 50 and 12 occasionally, but we didn't think he was an assist guy. Tw- seven assists continues to do that. As you said, super efficient. So that was averaging six point six assists on the season, by the way. Yeah. So what was the bad for you? I mean, the three point shooting was just horrendous here. I mean, the the three point shooting we shot twenty nine percent from the from the three point line, and outside of that, I mean, look, the defense. The defense was was pretty bad. We gave up one hundred and twenty six to a team whose two best scorers are Kyle Kuzma and uh, Jordan Poole. Poole boy. Pool boy, yeah. I'm not loving that at all. I mean, Tyus Jones had a good game, too. But, like, let's be real. Veer's two best players are Kyle Kuzma and Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole's a glorified six-man. And Kyle Kuzma's a third option for most teams. By the way, a player that I would keep an eye on for the Sixers. But I just, yeah, nah, not, not for me, man. Not for me. They did come out here trying to get a win. Kudos to them. They were missing Landry Shamit, which sad for them. But uh, yeah, no, I mean the, the the I will also say this: this Koulibaly kid. If there's anything to look forward to in their futures, this kid right here, Koulibaly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that the, the bad was our defense and our three point shooting. You? Nah, it was. I was just going to go defense. I mean, I know it's broad, and and you said it, but like that's just the fact. You can't give up 126 points to this team. And, like, even if you're giving up 126, you've got to have, like, 150. You can't have this close. We were – it was close to the entire game. We haven't played a game in multiple days. We should not have rust. You have Kelly Oubre back. 
You got Embiid putting up 50. There's no way this game should be like this. I mean, Tobias had another poor game, uh, and Morris didn't have his best game either, but Pat Bev came back to us. Yeah. The guards torched us. And like Pat Bev should, like, yeah. And Maxie's not, I I don't think, I I think it's fair to say that Maxie's not a negative defensively anymore. I think that's fair to say, right? Like, he's not, he's not an all world defender, let's be clear. But he shouldn't be giving up like that, and Melton especially. Yeah, absolutely. And then Maxi's defense had improved. So you're thinking like Maxi there, Ubre had been playing with a lot of effort. I know it's his first game back, but you think that there's just like we have enough perimeter defenders to not get torched by the Washington Wizards. So yeah, but yeah, that's happened. a bad. And yeah. both of us got player of the game for Embiid. So yeah, that, yeah, that wraps that one. That wraps that one pretty easily. So. You did not know this until I told you right before the podcast. And I'm going to tell you again. James uh, Harden recently had an interview with Sam Amick of The Athletic. And in in that interview, he essentially confirmed that uh, Maury uh, promised a quote-unquote max, unquote, extension for him. Now, I I could not read The Athletic article directly because i do not have the athletic subscription but i did read it the excerpts through through fox news which i know is fox is not the most reliable but it is what it is because that's the only website that i can find it um that being said what is your initial reaction to this yeah i think my initial reaction was a little not safe for the podcast but i was just like shocked like he wanted to cuss guys i yeah Put a little explicit tag on this. But, I mean, seriously, like, he that he said to the NBA that, or it seemed in the summer, we don't know all the details, but that he implied to the NBA that he was not promised this deal. I think a lot of us thought he was, like, going into it. We're like, there had to I be I think we all believe that, discussion. yeah. I know I did. Yeah, I thought maybe it didn't come directly from Maury. Maybe it was a nod, nod, you know. Maybe the words weren't explicitly spoken. But, yeah. It seems like he's going against what he told the NBA earlier. And I asked you before the podcast, and I mean, I'd ask you now, like, this, the NBA seemingly closed their investigation. We weren't going to be docked draft picks for what would have been the second year in a row. Like, can you think, do you think that this could be reopened if he is now saying this did happen? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. That's a good question. And I honestly don't have a great answer to this. It could. But they've investigated this twice already, and they didn't find any evidence at the time. Maybe James is being salty. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. Look, this this has a weird smell to it. It doesn't pass the smell test to me. And there's something off. I don't know if James is trying to get the Sixers in trouble now or what. Like I said, in the, the quotes that I saw from it, it didn't say James... They didn't show the actual quote where James said Max. It just put the word Max in quotations. So it's a it's it's it doesn't pass the smell test to me. So we'll, we'll this is a situation we have to monitor. Hopefully, if we end up do losing another pick, it's just a second rounder, not a first round, because we do have our first round pick this year. So I do not want to lose that. We cannot trade that first round pick anyway. Just yeah. for people's uh, peace of mind, but. Yeah, no, I, I hope that that doesn't happen. My initial reaction, because I saw it on ESPN YouTube, because they were reacting to it. Um, okay. I'm just like, okay, yeah, we kind of all knew this. Kind of weird that it came out this early after this situation happened. Usually players wait to air out this type of stuff until after they retire. Of course, then again, James Harden isn't looking nearly as good as he once did, so maybe he's closer to retirement than we think. Who knows? We'll, we'll have to wait and see. I'll tell you what. Uh, if it doesn't work out in uh, L.A., I don't know where it's going to work out for him. So we'll, we'll see. But let me ask you this. Does this change how you feel about the whole entire situation, how that went down, how James reacted? Does this change how you feel about that? Not really. And honestly... It doesn't really change how I feel. And honestly, if Maury did promise it to him and then reneged, good for Maury. Because, again, like, you shouldn't do that. Yes, you shouldn't lie to someone. Like, And the way he went about it, like, Maury definitely has to blame. But, like, at the end of the day, Maury did the correct thing, which is not pay an aging superstar $200 million. And so I'm, I think he made the right decision. He clearly didn't go about it the right way. But it doesn't change my opinion on, like, the situation as a whole. How about you? Look, I mean, it kind of confirmed exactly why James felt the way that he did. Um, we un- in in the quotes to in the uh, in the article, James explained that usually a week or two after you know playoffs end, they he usually talks with Maury about how we can improve the team, how that happened, how this happened, and when that didn't happen for Maury, that's when he realized that this isn't going to work out. So. That's why he went the way that he did. And he understands why Maury did what he did. And he understand and why. And that's why he did what he had to do because he had to do what's best for him and his family. Just as Maury had to do what was best for the Sixers. So, yeah. That's uh, that's pretty much that. that I mean, look, 
it, it doesn't it just kind of confirms everything from James perspective what we thought James perspective was so it doesn't change it too much no I, I would say no maybe give him slightly more empathy but not really no not at all yeah so all right that takes us to how we're going to close it out obviously shorter podcast tonight you kind of teased a little bit of your NBA news but yeah I'll let you go first what's uh what's the on your mind around the league so first thing I want to talk about is the Sacramento Kings. They lost. But you know what I noticed in that game? Because I don't get to watch them that often. His former lottery pick, Davion Mitchell, did not play in that game. Now, I think he might be injured. I'm not 100%. No, he's, his uh, status is active. But he has not played since – let me pull it up here. So he has not played since November uh, 29th. He has not played since November 29th. And the Kings, since November 29th, let me pull up their schedule. That was last game. That's your boy. Davion Mitchell, I thought he was going to be a good pick. Everybody gets it wrong sometimes, so 29th. But he really hasn't played in too many games consistently for a while. I mean, before the 28th and 29th, like I said, he's been in and out of the rotation by appearance. And... I'll say this, um, he's lost his spot to a, I believe, I, I don't even know if he was drafted, to be honest, but I be, uh, no, he was not drafted. He was out of Baylor, right? Yep, Baylor. Uh, Davion Mitchell was out of Baylor uh, by Keon Ellis. Because it does not have any draft information on him. So I'm going to assume that he was undrafted. And and like in the games that Keon Ellis has been playing a significant role, they have been winning pretty much with Kavion Mitchell. I mean, Kavion Ellis in the. No, sorry, not Kavion. Uh, Keon Ellis in the lineup. They have only lost three games and they have played and they've won. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight games that he's played in. So in 11 games, they've won eight of him as the primary backup point guard, which is a really sad thing for Davion. He had a really breakout season with Baylor, but before then he kind of struggled. He he was an older player, ninth pick overall by Sacramento. Was a, the third point guard they picked, uh, third point lottery point guard they had on the roster before they traded Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, he he's good defensively, but just he has no offensive skill for the life of him. He cannot score on this level, and he's a bit undersized. Uh, I think his days are numbered in the NBA because look, there's no offense. I think he gets maybe one more chance after this, but I look, he's. I think his time in Sacramento is almost done because they don't need him to work out. That's the cool thing, because sometimes you can whiff on a lottery pick. Like the most recent example of this in sports and get away with it is like the 40 San Francisco 49ers when they drafted. uh, What's his name? The quarterback uh, Lance, uh, Trey Lance. And he didn't work out, but they got Brock Purdy. So no harm, no foul. Yeah. So, yeah, I I think he's he's a miss there for sure. Yeah. Besides that, let me just see if there's anybody else I really want to talk about here today. Uh, Right now, so let's talk about the East. So 
the teams that are not in the play-in or playoff right now are the Toronto Raptors, Chicago Bulls, Charlotte Hornets, Washington Wizards, and Detroit Pistons. All of they are the only teams in the East that have a negative point differential. So the Cavs do too. No, they as of right now they are a plus point uh, two, okay, according to ESPN. So that's there's that. But I expect those teams to be the ones that stay out of the play and playoff conversation moving forward. I don't see Toronto really keeping it up. I I don't. I like Scotty Barnes. I think they just need to trade in an OB, trade Pascal Siakam, Gary Trent. Get what you can for him. You know, I heard one place for Pascal Siakam is uh, the Warriors. Trade Wiggins for him. Bring Wiggins back to Canada. Not the worst thing I in the world. That, I don't think that changes their lineup too much. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I I think the Warriors need to do something, though, because what they got going on right now is not working. No. No. Uh, but besides that, I, I think I covered the main things that I want to cover. What about you, Mike? Right. Yeah, so for me, I mean, if in the East, I just I cannot believe that the Pistons have lost 18 straight. They are potentially well, on no, pace to not... have oh, – Well, okay, they are yeah, potentially on pace to have – the worst record in NBA history, which is nine and sixty nine and seventy three, and the Sixers barely avoided that with a ten and seventy two. Which, side note, I heard Nick Stauskas on a podcast talk about that recently, um, and it was mm-hmm. an amazing story about Elton Brand putting up a sign uh, when they had ten games left and nine wins, and he said like, "Congratulations for the worst um, record in NBA history." And they were like, "Oh no, we're not going out like that," and they ended up getting one. But yeah. that's just a quick side note. I think oh. the Pistons. They could could hit that record. Well, I think the Pistons need to loosen up their lineups a little bit. They have too many guards and too many big men that that need minutes. I, I think they – here, here's my thoughts. They need to trade Killian Hayes and James Wiseman. And you know what? There's a perfect team for them to go to that but they could use young players at both of those positions. Can you guess Where? who? Where? The Washington Wizards. Wizards. I was going to say, I actually was going to say that. Yeah. Look, I mean, they they could use a, they could try Killian Hayes as a point guard or backup point guard. Especially because there was a rumor they were going to move, there was a, some rumor somewhere that they're already ready to move on from Jordan Poole. I mean, look, anything's possible. Jordan Poole wouldn't be the worst fit next to Kate Hunt Cunningham. And then you have James Wiseman. They only have the only true center that they have playing minutes right now is Daniel Gafford. They, you know, who they have as their backup center? Oh. Danilo Gallinari. That's crazy. Yeah, that's not good. He's not a center. He's a power forward. But okay, so yeah, you could trade them there. Uh, look, I, I'm not ready to give up on Jaden Ivy. I. So this is a hot take. I don't think Mont. Uh, Monte Williams is the right coach for that team. I think he's lost his patience, and I, I think he does. Like I said, he he wasn't gonna take the job until they way overpaid him, which yeah, well, is not a good sign. 70, for me. If you give someone seventy-two million dollars, don't fire him the first year. I think you. I, I get that. Top. I get that. But at the same time, if you had to pay them seventy-two million to take the job. Then there's a problem in the first place, especially if they didn't want the job. No, I agree. We talked about that on the last podcast. Yeah, I, I so. know, I know, I know. I'm just saying. 
Because, like, they have some interesting pieces on Detroit. Like, it should it shouldn't be as bad as it is. It shouldn't be as bad as it is. I think you're right. So what's the other thing yeah. you want to talk about? Well, a couple more. So, yeah, I wanted to talk about the Timberwolves because they have the longest win streak right now at four games. They're 15-4. and four. And after the Knicks got that blowout by the Bucs. They're, they're, they're probably going to beat the Spurs tonight, too. They're up eight yeah, well, with uh, 55 seconds left. So a five-game win streak, and they're allowing the least amount of points now after that Knicks blowout with a 105, which, as we talked about earlier, in this league of offense, like we know the Timberwolves got good defense. They got perimeter D. I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Is Ant Edwards in the MVP conversation? No. Not yet? No. And, look, the MVP conversation is pretty hard to get into, but I, I'll give Chris Finch Coach of the Year conversation. I'll give him okay. that. All right, and well, now that you're talking about, just a quick aside with that, I was going to touch on, they're beating the Spurs. The Spurs are about to go to a 15-game losing streak, which is crazy. They should be the worst team in the league, but the Pistons are. And honestly, I think the Spurs might be worse. Like, I actually do. Their point differential is almost 13, which means they're getting blown out. And I think it's interesting that you mentioned point differentials earlier because one of the teams that I've been following recently, like, I don't know why, but I've been, like, watching and checking box scores for the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. They have a, they're the ninth-ranked team, and they have a plus 2.7 point differential. They're in every game. So, yeah, like, if they they're are. not winning, they're, like, a team which is, like, surprising. Like, they can beat most teams, and they can lose to bad – like, beat good teams and lose to bad teams, and it's just – it's been interesting watching them play because they stick around in every game, and I don't know if that's Jacques Vaughn. The Nets are the definition helping. of a team stuck in the middle. Yeah, but they, it's good to see that they can exceed. I mean, yeah, they are stuck in the middle. I wouldn't want to be them, but like the fact that they're still around. Uh, and yeah, again, I was interested that you brought up point differential because I was going to bring it up as well. The In the West, the Kings and the Lakers both have negative point differentials, and they're tied for fourth. Yeah. And what I find interesting about that is like, yeah, you can have especially what 20 games like if you get blown out one game it can kind of still affect it and i was going to say like i was at the sixers lakers when they gave lebron his largest loss of the of his career which was like close to 40 points like the lakers to me even though i said they're going to win the cup I, I think that's a different thing they'll win the inaugural cup that's separate from the playoffs i don't know that they're a good team they're just I don't very think so either. LeBron's i don't think the lakers the best. are as good as we think the thought they were going to be Nah, and LeBron's the best player on your team, and you can't have that at that age. As, yeah. like, he cannot be the best player on your team. Well, he is. So. I, I agree, and here's the problem. Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is the problem, and I know everybody's hackling him, but look, you cannot get away with not playing center anymore because there are not enough big men that can defend the rim and stretch the floor to the point where you can get away with playing power forward. You cannot get away with it, Anthony Davis. You have to bulk up. Not bulk up in terms of physical, but just like emotionally, mentally bulk up. Get ready for it. And here's the other thing that's a problem with Anthony Davis. His outside shot, his touch is gone. It's been gone since the bubble. And without that touch, he's not nearly because he's he's not the best finisher. Let's be real. He is not the best finisher around the rim. He's not getting lobs or dunks. He's not a great finisher with post moves. He's not a post player. He's a slasher, lob catcher. You know, he's a yeah, he's a rim runner essentially. He's not a great finisher. Okay, so 
with that in mind, if he's your second best player, first off, and, and side note, real quick, this is proof why he why he should not have been on the top seventy five, and Dwight Howard should have been. Regardless of all the shenanigans Dwight Howard's off the court stuff is going on, he should have been a top seventy five player, not Anthony Davis. I will hold true to that. Um, yeah, but- I I just think like at the end of the day, it, Anthony Davis is is the mm-hmm. key for what they would need to like unlock and be better. But I also think like Austin Reeves looked phenomenal on Team USA, and he's just looking back to kind of average and D'Lo obviously D'Lo was a negative last year and he's not a negative, but he's not a positive. And it's like, I, I just think that they're not as good as, as being the fourth in the West really. So no, we will not. see what happens, but I do think in the next couple of games, they're going to get some big wins. Yeah. But going, going back to uh, you were talking about the Timberwolves there. I wanted to go back to that real quick yeah. because when I'm looking at them, what they're missing is a sl- above. They they need somebody else besides Mike, Mike Conley. Let's be clear. And I wish they had a little bit more perimeter shooting. I think yeah. that's what's holding them back. Because I think Cat's great as a second option. I think he's starting to get comfortable in that role. By the way, the Timberwolves did win. They that four, score just went final. Oh, and Detroit lost again tonight, so they have a longer winning, winning losing streak. They lost to the Grizzlies. No, that yeah, I watched that game. That's what I was even going to say. Like they were up, they should have won. They, I think they should have won that game. Like mm-hmm. through the first half, they were ahead. Like yeah, yeah. And here's the thing: like offensively, this was a terrible game for them. the Timberwolves. They only had 102. Aunt Edwards had 17. Carl had 14. But this is the type – if this is the way that they're going to try to win, then they are well-equipped to do it. It's going to be ugly. It's not going to be pretty. But they have the players to play ugly like this. So they're a team to watch for sure. I need yeah. to see them against more stiffer competition, but I am interested to see what happens there. And going to this back to the Spurs, because you, you were talking about how they're, they're, you, they're arguably the worst team. And you know why I think they're the worst team? Two reasons. Why? So first off, they gave up on Jeremy Shohan being the point guard because they didn't even start Shohan in this game. He came off the bench. They didn't, but they didn't start Trey Jones, who is an actual point guard on that roster. They they started uh, Seti Osman. They are not playing a true point guard in that starting five, which makes me think they are purposely trying to tank. Killian Hayes would be an interesting fit on that team. I bet you he could get the offense going a lot better than anybody else besides Jones. Like, they they need another point guard. They have Devontae Graham. He's a score-first point guard, but he can run an offense, and he's on the bench not getting minutes at all. So the Spurs are purposely shooting themselves in the foot, and, and Victor had an, a horrendous night, 12 points on 13 shots, four makes. Like, he had 10 rebounds, cool, but, like, this is not good for his development. This is not the way that you want him to develop. So we'll see what happens. I'm not thrilled about this. Look, I think the I think Pop needs to think about retiring after this year. And I would if he does, Brett Brown should be the guy that takes over for him. Yeah, but we don't he's not gonna he just got a new contract. I know, I know, but he should though. If he's making decisions like this, it's not a good sign at all. 
But no, I, I completely agree. Uh, besides that, let's see. Uh, Cleveland beat Orlando by ten points. That's actually kind of a surprising. Was, yeah, because Orlando was nine to one in their last ten. Yeah, they they uh, no no fault of Paulo Bancaro. Good 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 God, the guy had forty two points in this game. Um, yeah, look. The, it's an interesting what's going. It's interesting what's going on in Cleveland. I think Cleveland's starting to get their footing now, but I will also say this: Evan Mobley. They cannot continue. They will not have postseason success with this group if Evan Mobley's not taking any three point attempts. You cannot play a power forward that cannot shoot threes in today's NBA. No, you can't. Especially with a center who is also a non shooter, they're going to have to trade. Allen at some point or stretch four. We'll see what happens there. But George Niang had a good night. Shout out to George. Shout out, bang, bang, George Niang, the minivan. So let me ask you this. Is there any way for Memphis to save their season at six and 14? They are what? Yeah, yeah, they are. They can. Josh coming back in five games. They're three and a half games out of a play in like they're going to play better than that. I don't think they're going to be a top team in the East, but say they play at a top they still won't have Stephen Adams for the whole season, and they will still be missing Brandon Clark for most of the no, season. No, I yeah, I'm aware, but I mean, I think that John Morant's that kind of game changer. I think if you play at a top six or eight level the rest of the year, you'll find your way in the top ten. And I don't think they're going to do anything, but I think they'll make the play-in. We'll we'll see, we'll see. I don't know, man. Um, look, I'm looking at the box score right now. Bogdanovich kind of helps their scoring problems, but the Pistons are just so horrendous i don't know what the what the what how to fix their problems dude i really don't they're playing three centers and now they don't even have thompson in the starting five anymore which kind of stinks because i like him okay can i just tell you what i think their starting five should be i think it should be cunningham ivy thompson bogdanovich duran or stewart whoever you want to start probably duran because he's better defensively that's what I think it should be, but they're not doing. I don't. Whatever. I don't hate it, but yeah, Monty said he's not opposed to oh, switching up lineups, and it sounded like the players said they're okay coming off the bench and switching it up. I know Asar Thompson and Jaden Ivey said they're open to whatever. I just, uh, it's not a good look. I don't know, man. Um, besides that, let's see here. Anything else of note? Miami beat Toronto. Yeah, that's about it. Look, there's. It's it's a rough life. It looks like the ooh the Nets and Hawks are at a nail biter. Anyway, so I'm good talking. If you did you want to cover anything else, or are we good to go? No, that's good. We'll play us out then, bud. As always, we appreciate everyone listening. Sixers got a win tonight. Only had the one game this week, so um, we hope everyone's enjoying the in season tournament. Unfortunately, the Sixers aren't there, but we're playing for bigger things. Uh, as always, continue to please read our stuff over on the Sixer Sense website. We've got lots of articles going up. Kelly Oubre is back. Great news. And again, appreciate everyone listening. And until next time, go Sixers. Let's go.
Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.